0: Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only $39 a month with no additional costs or fees. You guys heard that right. No additional fees. Literally hundreds of events in Denver for $39 a month. For instance, over the next few weeks, you could hit up the big, wonderful Beer Fest, Taps and Tails, the Indie Card Haunted House, Guys, there's literally something for everyone. We're talking concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, 5Ks, really anything that you can imagine if it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. So here's where it gets good. We've partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners a great deal. So if you go to InWeGo.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50, when you subscribe, you're going to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it, like we all did at BSN Denver. So again, go to inwego.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. It's
1: fun. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast, presented by Go.
0: Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought you were going to knock that ref out in L.A. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off? Yeah. I've never seen that before. You
1: should have taken a charge on him.
0: <laughs> The subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. Monday edition of the show, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark here. We got another game to talk about. The Nuggets topped the Warriors 198 at Pepsi Center. They moved to 3-0 on the season. They're 3-0. They have the number one defense in the league. We'll talk about that for sure. But if I would have told you we'd be sitting here Almost at the weak point of the regular season, we're not even a full week into this thing. It's still early. And I th- would have said the Nuggets were going to be 3-0. I, I'm going to throw out the defense part because that's an entirely different discussion. But if I was to say the Nuggets were going to be 3-0 and at this point, I mean, how crazy would you think I was? Uh, a little bit. You know, after last night, that was a
2: game the Nuggets should not have won. I mean, they missed 19 of their first 22 shots they attempted. They just could not buy a bucket at all in the first quarter, and usually that just means death uh, against a team as good as the Golden State Warriors. Nuggets couldn't hit a free throw to save their lives either. They went 24 of 42 from the line. You know, they were playing on the second night of a back-to-back, less than 24
0: hours after tipping off against the Phoenix Suns in their home opener. hours to be exact. I didn't even know that was allowed in the NBA. I thought you had to have 24 hours in between games. Yeah, that is kind of wild. 23 and hours. Like, think about that. I wonder what the minimum is. We'll have to check on that. There, there has to well, be a minimum, right? There must not be a minimum. I mean, you can't have a game. like like It's not like you can have a game the night before and then a game out starting out one. Well, you could if there's no minimum, but, <laughs> but we all like, we'll have like to that. Ju- here. That just can't be allowed, though. Like that, definitely would not be made in the schedule. Like 23 right. hours, like I guess, is passes the eye test, if you would say. Yeah, so 23 hours,
2: and then Denver was without Will Barton. They had to throw Tory Craig in there in his place. Somehow, they managed to pull this one out. I, I don't really know how it
0: happened, Harrison. We were sitting there on press row, fourth quarter. Then I get to take in, what, a 10-point lead into the fourth. Steph Curry comes alive in that quarter like he's done so many times. And like you said, you just thought Denver was going to lose that game. There was a point. I think the Warriors had whittled it down to two, and then they tied the game eventually. But you're thinking this is just going to be another typical Warriors comeback. I would have loved to see one of those win probability charts. You know those that those baseball guys love.
2: It would have looked like a mountain or something
0: like that. Right. I would have loved to see what one of those was like when... Not even when the Warriors were tied, because obviously the Warriors were heavy favorites once they tied the score late in the fourth. But even when they were were within five, within seven, just to see that chart over the rest of the game, because the Nuggets definitely overcame some potentially insurmountable odds, according to some people. Um, but, yeah, they got the win. It, it was... A big win for sure. It's still early in the season. I'm not sure this is the game the Warriors exactly get up for uh, against the Nuggets after they had played the Jazz in a quote unquote bigger game per se. I want to talk about potentially how far this undefeated streak might go, how long Denver can go without dropping a game. But to do that, I want to go to the Total Beverage fan hotline first.
1: Hey, this is Tyler from Minnesota. I'm just calling uh, to ask a question about uh, the remaining undefeated teams uh, with the Uniteds beating the Warriors tonight. The remaining undefeated teams are the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Raptors, the Bucks, and the Pistons, with us being the final team. Um, my question for you guys is who ends up undefeated the longest out of those teams? Thanks. Have a good one. Bye.
0: All right, thanks for the question, Tyler. Here's the Nuggets schedule this week and next week. They're 3-0 now. They host the Kings on Tuesday. They play the Lakers in L.A. on Thursday. Then they come back to host the Pelicans and then a quick two-game road trip to Chicago and Cleveland. Then things get tough. They have Utah and Boston at home. But I just want to look at the next five games. So that would take them eight games deep into the season. What's the toughest game in your opinion, over these next five games? Is it this game in L.A., on TNT on Thursday, or is it the one on Monday against New Orleans? I guess those would be the two toughest, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, either of those isn't going to be easy. You know the Lakers are going to be hungry after they've gotten off to this 0-2 start. I mean,
0: they're really going to want to get back on track.
2: Will they still be a little shorthanded with these
0: suspensions, though? They will be. Yeah, they will be. Brandon Ingram suspended the biggest or the most games out of all those. I think he got four games, so he'll be out for that one. Uh, The Lakers will miss him for sure. I don't think he's a guy who would be able to swing a game like that, but he's definitely a big part of that team, so that's a thing. I think they could beat the Lakers. If I did have to pick one of these games for them to lose, though, I'd say it would be against the Lakers. Um The New Orleans game is definitely the toughest. Like, New Orleans is a team that's also got off to a really hot start this year and has a bunch of players that kill the Nuggets, mainly Anthony Davis, mainly Julius Randle, mainly Drew Holiday. But they're at home, and I said this before the season, I think the Nuggets are going to be an elite elite team at home this year. They've already proved that. I think they went a ways to prove that against the Warriors. And so I think they'll win that game against the Pelicans. The Lakers game is going to be tough, though. TNT... LeBron at Staples Center. Um, yeah, but the, the suspensions are interesting. Hey, maybe they don't... The Lakers can't win that game without uh, Brandon Ingram. The Nuggets are 8-0. Wow, th- that'd be something. I talk about the 10-5 and 5 start I predict this team to go on. Man, if they get 8-0, they'll get even more national pub than I thought they would, right? <laughs> yeah, I believe they were second in ESPN's power rankings
2: when basketball fans woke up this morning, that was such an impressive win yesterday. And, you know, in two of the first three games of the season, I think that one of my biggest takeaways is is that the Nuggets don't have to play well on offense to win anymore. They're they're capable of winning these ugly games. and, And we saw that a little bit during that final seven game stretch of the season last year where Denver went six and one and nearly snuck into the playoffs. But The baseline is just so much higher with this team. I mean, they're capable of missing a lot of shots and still pulling it out against really good teams. I mean, for Denver to shoot 41% from the field and and 19% from three-point land and beat the Warriors, that seems unfathomable.
0: Right. The Nuggets are number one in defense right now through three games, through almost a week of regular season play. How long is it going to take for you to really buy this defense as being really good? I mean I I've already bought that they're making they've made
2: legit strides now you know a month and a half two months from now it would really surprise me if they're even still a top 10 defense but you know I, going into the year I thought there could be marginal improvement on the defensive end I picked them to finish 20th in defensive rating I think I don't know after just seeing these three games I mean the effort is completely different with this team this year the yeah. multiple efforts is uh, one of the things that Michael Malone highlighted in his postgame, and I really agree with, I think somewhere in the middle of the pack is very, very doable for this team.
0: Yeah, for sure. Michael Malone said last night a quote that I thought was really telling well, other than his two quotes that I tweeted out about. This is the defense he's dreamt about, and the Nuggets aren't afraid to play the Warriors. They're just worried about, quote, kicking their ass But Michael Malone said, uh, in the past, they've been a single-effort team. Now they're a multiple-effort team. Um, That was telling, I thought. Torrey Craig said something about, now guys are just trying off the defensive end, which I also thought was telling. Um, The thing is, I totally agree with you. We've seen a lot of improvement through these first three games. It seems like just the whole mentality on defense has shifted. Guys are trying. Guys are engaged. Guys... Are taking pride in their defense, and a lot of times that's what it comes down to. Glamour is all about like, the guys you have on that end of the floor, how talented they are, the schemes you draw up, the sets you're running, uh, how good a shooters you have. A lot of defense is just about pride. It's just about trying. It's just about digging in and, and uh, just giving maximum effort on that end of the floor. And that's what we've seen through three games. But we've also seen teams in the past have these amazing defenses for you know a month a month and a half and then just completely fall off. So I'm not buying this defense as a top 5 defense by any means for the whole year. Paul Millsap certainly is. <laughs> That's something he said during preseason of what one of his goals for this group was and you know he didn't back off that in the locker room on Sunday, but We're going to need to see more from this defense to make a proclamation that, hey, this is one of the best defenses in the league for sure. I can tell you that Paul Millsap is playing like one of the best defenders in the league. He'd be your defensive player of the year right now through one week. Nikola Jokic would be your MVP right now through one week. The offensive stats he's putting up were just unbelievable. When you're talking about the defense, it's got to start with Paul Millsap, right?
2: Yeah, he just changes the mentality um, with everyone around him, and that's only something that very, very few players can do. I I also think that the pain of narrowly missing out in the playoffs two years in a row really did sting a lot of these guys. Maybe we look back and say losing that game to Minnesota, that do-or-die game in April, was a good thing for the Nuggets because it, it motivated them to be better on the side of the floor that's just not very fun. I mean, playing offense is super fun. We've we've seen the joy the Nuggets right. play the game with over the last two years. You know, staying in a sense, closing out, staying focused, keeping your head on a swivel for 24 seconds against freak athletes, it's it's hard. It's really hard to do. That's why, you know, you, you don't see that many teams just bust their ass for 82 games on that end of the floor. And through three games, the Nuggets are doing that. It, it's difficult to do. It's not fun work. But the Nuggets are finally doing it.
0: I said throughout the summer and throughout the preseason that Paul Millsap can really inspire guys to play differently and can inspire guys to be more engaged on the defensive end, and we've seen that up close and personal through three games. I mean, look at Nikola Jokic. This is a guy who has admittingly said he doesn't enjoy playing defense. He's joked with us after games, after the Nuggets have scored 130, 140 points hey, maybe I don't have to play defense if we're going to win games. Like He has done that. He did that last season. Uh, so for him to be as committed as he is on the defensive end, it's awesome to see. It's been mind-blowing, to be quite honest, the defensive discipline that this team has had uh, through three games. I'm curious to see how long they can keep it up. Sacramento's been scoring the ball. They just put 130 points on the Thunder. Uh That'll be another challenge. The Lakers, obviously, on the road will be a challenge. New Orleans at home, who's had a great offense as well, will be another challenge, too. So, if they can keep this defense going through these next three games, hey, maybe then we've really got something here. Hey, guys, what if I told you that you could order your liquor on a mobile app, have it delivered to you the same day, and save money doing it? Well, that's exactly what I'm telling you because right now, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie, and they also have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they're locally owned and operated, so you're helping out the local guy. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $20 off a $100 purchase or more on their website and app if you use the promo code SPOOKY. Again, if you use the promo code SPOOKY, S-P-O-O-K-Y, you're going to save $20 off your order of $100 or more for all your Halloween parties and have it delivered to your door. Also, as I've been saying on the show for a while, if you download the Total Beverage app and use promo code BSN10, you're going to get $10 off your delivery order as always. BSN10 on the Total Beverage app to get $10 off your next delivery order or promo code SPOOKY for $20 off an order of $100 or more. What a week it's been for Michael Malone, Christian. He gets the contract extension. Obviously, he gets to win opening night in L.A. on the road, something the Nuggets haven't done a ton as of late. I'm just talking about road victories. He moves to 3-0, and I feel like he's had a great week. He's pushing the right buttons. He is getting his guys to buy what he's selling Obviously on the offensive end of the floor like he has over the past couple years. But on the defensive end of the floor more specifically, he said something last night and I kind of thought of something we've said on this podcast so often that he'd rather win games the way they beat Golden State than win games the way they beat Phoenix. Meaning he'd rather win ugly, grinded out defensive games than winning games where Denver puts up 120, 130 points and just outscores the other team. Last night, we saw a game against the Warriors won the way Michael Malone loves to win them. It's probably not good for his blood pressure. It's definitely not good for ours. But that's the kind of basketball Michael Malone has wanted to see from this team. And this is the kind of basketball he's wanted to see from this team through three games. He's been trying to get Denver to play defensively this way since he got here in 2015 for the first time he's really seeing it, I feel like. Quote of the night from Michael Malone, this is the
2: defense I dream about ever since I got here. Look, no one has agonized over Denver's defensive issues the last three seasons more than Michael Malone. You know, Denver fishing 25th, 29th, and 23rd in defensive efficiency the last three years it almost seems to have driven Malone to to near insanity at some points after games. I mean, you could almost just see the steam coming out of his ears when he's talking about how bad defensively Denver was. I think that it's been a really happy medium between playing Jokic ball and the style of play that Michael Malone really wants to through these first three games. And, you know, Denver hasn't put up huge point totals in two of these games I think really that's just a matter of missing shots, frankly. Um, That Phoenix game, they just killed them on both sides of the floor. Really dominant effort. But this this looks like a good marriage and union of the way Nicole Jokic wants to play and the way Michael Malone wants to play. And if they can keep it up, that's a really damn good
0: basketball team. Yeah, the offense has not been great. Like, they're bottom 10 in offense right now, which is crazy. Because I never thought they'd be that team. And obviously, they won't be that team for the entire season behind Nikola Jokic. He'll bring them up gradually, but the offense just has not popped. They haven't put together four quarters of really their brand of offensive basketball. As a team, they're shooting just 43% from the field, under 30% from three, 71% from the line. Um, Gary Harris. Really, the only guy other than Nikola Jokic who's had it going all year long on the offensive end of the floor. Jamal Murray shooting 31% from the field, 25% from three. Will Barton obviously injured. Paul Millsap has not found the touch from the field either. The defense will probably suffer a little as the Nuggets offense picks up. Like That's just kind of natural progression, I feel like. And so this offense will eventually rebound, but this is the fact that Denver's doing it with off with defense right now, I should say is so impressive. Paul Millsap had such an interesting quote from the locker room last night. He said, nobody on this team has egos and you talk about teams in this league taking on the identity of their best player. And that's just something that's totally said for the Denver Nuggets right now. Nicole Jokic is the most egoless player in the league right now. He probably has the smallest ego out of any star player, maybe any player in the league, top to bottom. And the Nuggets have kind of taken on that identity. Nobody cares who's scoring. Nobody cares who's getting the praise. Definitely not Nicole Jokic. He doesn't want any of the praise. They just want to win right now. And so that's another thing, too. Like, There's no egos on this team. Nobody cares who gets the credit. And they're playing for each other.
2: Yeah, Jokic's mood post-game
0: is really only tied to whether they win or lose. I mean, it
2: doesn't matter if he goes out there and has a 35-point triple-double where he doesn't miss a shot from the field or whether he's just average by his really lofty standards. If they win, he's going to be the same. The the thing about the egos, it's so so true, man. I mean, you could see it in the way the team just mobbed Wancho Hernan Gomez after he came up with the game-winning block. Right. By the way, that was just poetic. That Wancho, a guy who's been in and out of the rotation, you know, largely because he, he struggled to defend at times, comes up comes up with the game-saving block in, in a game the Nuggets won with defense. It's such an easy team to root for because of that. I mean, they're likable guys. They're all you know nice guys. Nobody who cares who gets the credit as long as they win. I mean, they're so fun to watch right
0: now. Yeah, the fact that he was even on the floor defensively for that last possession was wild. And yeah, he comes up with the game-saving block. Poetic there from him. It, it's funny because we probably should be talking about, I'd say, a loss to the Warriors and the injury to Will Barton. And you know, we haven't even hit on that because like we both said on uh, when we recorded last that the Nuggets could survive this injury. It's probably going to knock down their win total a ton if he was out for a significant amount of time. The Nuggets are a better team with Will Barton for sure by a, a couple wins, maybe two or three over the long haul of the season. Um, but it does seem like they can survive without him. They put Torrey Craig in the starting lineup like we both thought they would. He played about the level of basketball that we probably thought he would have five points, nine rebounds. He battled, though. I thought he played Kevin Durant as well as he could defensively. And then, yeah, they get the increase in minutes from Wancho off the bench like we predicted. So nothing surprising there, but the team did say Monday that Barton had been diagnosed with a right hip and core strain, and they didn't offer a timetable or anything. So maybe they're just seeking second opinions or they're still evaluating their options there. They didn't want to offer a timetable for his return. So I would assume that Torrey Craig still starts in his place as long as they're winning. I mean, why switch it up? Although I don't think Lancho is the worst option there, especially if he's playing with this type of confidence on the offensive end of the floor. We spoke about this when we recorded last, but if you're looking for a guy that's going to keep this Nuggets starting unit as potent as they are offensively, At that level, it's probably Wancho. But to circle this back to Michael Malone, I spoke about at the end of the season how he was pushing all the right buttons, whether that was getting these guys to play defense. And if you remember the stretch run to the end of the season over the final month, the Nuggets played defense at a level similar to what they're playing right now. I don't even know if last year At the end of the season, they were playing defense as well as they are right now. But it was close. It was reminiscent of what they've done over these three games. He was also pushing the right buttons in terms of staggering Paul Millsap and Nicole Jokic. We haven't seen that this year. Denver hasn't needed to, mainly because its bench was solid in the preseason. And against the Warriors, the bench had its best game of the season. They really rebounded after a rough couple games against the Clippers and Suns particularly against the Suns but he pushed the right buttons in that circumstance and he's doing so right now and this team is just united they're playing as one and yeah you can look at Nicole Jokic for that on the offensive end you can look at Paul Millsap for that on the defensive end but overall it's it's been Michael Malone pushing that for sure. It just seems like he has so much more trust and confidence in yeah. his team compared to a year
2: ago. It just doesn't feel like he's used as many of those timeouts after the opposing team rips off an 8-2 to two run, you know, two minutes into a quarter or anything like that. He's letting the Nuggets continue to play through some of those mistakes. And, you know, I think that's a little bit of growth on Michael Malone's part, but I think that's mostly just growth on the Nuggets part. I think they've proved that they can be trusted a little bit. So, I mean, everything is falling into place. Everything is going in according to plan. I mean, even when the Nuggets have had to, you know, maneuver around some speed bumps, the Will Barton thing in this game against the Golden State, all those missed free throws, they have still be able to come out unscathed.
0: I want to go back to the effort thing on defense last night. That's, like I said, that's really what defense comes down to, pride and effort. And Jamal Murray was playing on one leg for most of last night. He was hobbling around, limping around, chasing Steph Curry around screens. I mean, Jamal was—I wouldn't have been surprised if the Nuggets did not close with him last night, if they took him on off the floor at the end of the game. They stuck with him. They still got the win. Uh, but like Jamal was 0-9, 0-5 from three. Just did not have it at all last night on the offensive end. Even missed a free throw, his favorite shot in the game. He missed a free throw, a clutch one. You know that's going to eat at him for a while. He was a minus 16 in 26 minutes. He chased Steph Curry around for those 26 minutes, around all those screens. Steph Curry is just, part of what makes him so good is he's one of the best off-ball movers in the league. The minute he gives the ball up, he's sprinting around the court off of screens, cutting, just tiring out his defender. Steph Curry goes 10-23. Yeah, he got hot in the fourth quarter, finished 6-16 from three, but... Jamal gave a ton of effort in chasing him around screens, chasing him all over the floor last night. Gary Harris too. We were wondering who might step up offensively without Will Barton. I think we got our answer. Gary Harris is probably going to shoulder more of a load on that end of the floor. 28 points on 11 to 20 shooting. He was arguably Denver's best offensive player. I mean, you probably give that crown to Jokic still, but Harris was more of the shot maker on Sunday. And then on the defensive end, Clay missed some open shots, but still, Gary Harris was right there with him for most of the game. Clay finishes 7-16 from the field, 1-6 from 3. Matt Moore wrote a great piece about how the
2: Warriors are, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson specifically, are able to generate so many wide-open threes. It doesn't really make sense because, you know, they're these two best three-point shooters in the league, probably. How do you leave them wide open? And it's because they move all the time. They never stop moving. They're just a pain in the ass to guard. Jamal Murray showed a lot by, you know, just gutting it out. Um, he, he was, the Nuggets officially said he had a left tibia contusion. He exited the game briefly. Michael Malone actually hinted afterwards that he's been dealing with a couple injury things in the early parts of the season. So I think it's fair to say Jamal Murray is banged up. And then Gary, Gary Harris too, you know, he's given up a couple inches to Clay Thompson. Um, he did a pretty good job chasing him around all night. And with Gary Harris's offense yesterday, you know, I think we're seeing a little more from him off the dribble this year. Uh, He had one play in the third quarter. He had 11 in the third quarter. He was great where he goes to his right and does this behind the back dribble right at the free throw line. And Klay Thompson, you look up and he's 10 feet away from him and Gary just drops in this silky pull up shot. So I think Gary looks even better off the dribble this year. And we saw some improvement with him last year. Oh yeah, those guys did a great job of chasing around the Warriors' guards all night. I mean, the Nuggets just look so connected on defense right now. If if the ball swings to an open three-point shooter, the Nuggets close it out. If he pump fakes and take a dribble, the Nuggets seem to have a second guy
0: closing out. It's everything you want from your defense. I still go back to that possession against the Clippers, which I thought that was arguably the best defensive play of the Michael Malone era like Nikola Jokic gets a hedge on the perimeter they swing the ball to Shea Gildas Alexander in the corner Paul Millsap an elite close out to the corner while still kind of staying in front of him, and then they kick the ball out to the top of the key and then Paul Millsap just stonewalls I think it was Tobias Harris at the rim and then they get a Jamal Murray three on the other end That was just one possession. It was arguably the best possession of the Michael Mullen era on defense. He's been trying to get them to play this way defensively ever since he got here. They went out and got Paul Millsap to help instill a defensive culture here last summer. He was injured last year for most of the year. He wasn't able to do that. But this year, this is the team that the Nuggets envisioned when they signed Paul Millsap last summer. A year later, I guess let's go ahead and take a break we'll be right back on the bsn nuggets podcast are you in search of natural relief from your daily stresses well strava craft coffee is a cbd rich hemp oil infused coffee that is non-psychoactive helps reduce pain naturally keeps those coffee jitters away and so much more
1: I started drinking it because I have degenerative arthritis and I would prefer to drink coffee that has natural ingredients in it for healing. And this coffee treats the inflammatory process that happens from having degenerative arthritis.
0: That was Robin. She's been drinking Strava Craft coffee every day for months now and she is so happy with the results.
1: I would recommend it to America to everyone because it is a fantastic product. It delivers. It does what it says it's going to do and it's amazing.
0: Put your body back in balance with Strava Craft Coffee and see how good you feel.
1: Order online today and use promo code BSN2018 for 20% off. That's BSN2018.
0: Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwigo Harrison Wind alongside Christian Clark, Monday edition of the show. Let's go back to Total Beverage Fan Hotline. We got another question from EJ.
1: Christian and Harrison, this is EJ Holloway from Jacksonville, Duval County. Hey, guys. I just wanted to uh, ask one brief question. After our third W um, in this early season, 3-0, guys, go Nuggets, um, I'm looking at this win over the Warriors as um, an opportunity to – heighten the barometer uh, of where the Nuggets will finish this season. Um, I know that you guys are high on them uh, finishing at the fifth or fourth seed. Um, I definitely think that this helps validate that. Um, so early in the season, you know, they got fresh legs and everything, but uh, the G State the way that they did, uh, you know, Gary Harris, 28 points, Uh, Jokic double, double, he's just a machine out there. Um, yeah, I want to see more from Murray, but overall, fantastic win. Where do you think this sets them up? Um, I mean, it it looks like a playoff robust year. Uh, do you guys agree with that? And, uh, how many wins do you think they're going to grab or need to grab to be able to compete in the West? Um, anywhere from the eighth to four seed. Um, Yep. Anyway, that's that's all I got for you today, guys. 3-0, uh, and oh, um, you know, nothing super negative. That's what typically generates my questions for the BSN Timber Nuggets podcast. Uh, Harrison and Christian, you guys are fantastic. Been listening to the show. We'll continue to do so. Go Nuggets.
0: All right. Thanks, EJ, for the question again. If you guys have questions for the show, hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. Plug that number into your phone right now and call us after games. That's when we want to hear your questions the most. Here's my question to you, Christian, off of what EJ just had to say there. Does this 3-0 and start raise your win total prediction for the Nuggets this season?
2: No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I had them winning 50 games. I uh, had them finishing the fifth seed. I... I still feel pretty comfortable with that number. Um, Look, the Nuggets are a freaking good basketball team, and I thought that that was going to be the case. Um, This early stretch of the season has convinced me that that was correct. They've been a lot better on defense than I thought, obviously. I don't know anybody who would have predicted they'd be number one in defensive efficiency after three games, and I think they could be a little bit better you know, on that end than I originally planned, but I still feel pretty good uh,
0: about that 50-win mark. I do, too. I'm not moving off of 50 wins, but they could have won, like, maybe they couldn't have won 50 games, but they could have won, like, 44, 45, 46 games like they did last year. They could have even won 47 or 48 games and still been kind of the up-and-down average team they were last year. What we know now after three games is we know the Nuggets are good. We know they're a good basketball team just like we thought they'd be. Now, I thought they'd be a little better on offense than they are right now and worse on defense, but either way you cut it, the Nuggets are good. Whatever, however you want to quantify good, they're exactly that. Like, I feel like there's something special going on here, though. The defense is one thing. The buying is one thing. The fact that they haven't really popped on offense makes you think that they still have room for improvement, which is crazy to say after a 3-0 start, being the Warriors, being the Clippers on the road. They still have room for improvement because their offense just hasn't popped yet. So I'm not going to go above 50 wins. I'm not going to go above the fourth seed in the West that I predicted them for. I still think that's their ceiling, fourth seed in the West. Uh, But part of this hasn't been totally surprising to me because I thought this would be a really good team when the year started. Um, And now they're just kind of showing it day in and day out. But it'll be interesting to see what happens against the Pelicans, against the Lakers here next up. If they can beat the Kings handily without scaring fans like they did a year ago, this is one of those games that they didn't get up for last year. It's not going to be the crowd that there was for opening night. It's not going to be the crowd that there was for the Warriors. It will be interesting to see how they come out against Sacramento.
2: I'll tell you about one prediction I am feeling pretty good about. Nikola Jokic making that first All-Star game. I mean, there's—I uh, don't even know if you should say this after only three games because it's such a small sample size, but he's probably been the most valuable player in basketball through three games. Oh, yeah, and I said
0: that earlier in the show. He's yeah. your MVP right now.
2: Yeah, and it's its too early to talk about the MVP. But, um, I mean, he's just been phenomenal. And, look, if the Nuggets don't have to maintain this pace, but— If they maintain anything close to it, Nicole Jokic is going to his first All-Star game and Nuggets are going to have an All-Star for the first time since Melo was here.
0: Yeah, which is something I think we both predicted possibly to, to start the season on this podcast. All right, that's all we got for today's show. Thanks for the questions, guys. We'll be back with another episode on Tuesday. Talk with you then.